Hi, I'm Alan Watt at CuttingThroughTheMetrics.com and .net and a few others which you'll see on the site. Today is February the 23rd, 2007. To finish off this week, I was thinking to talk about an event which happened in the 20th century which is, was almost lost in the massive upheavals going around the world at the time, across Europe especially and that was the famine in the Ukraine the Ukrainian people had a, an incredibly hard time being whacked first by the communist system the Soviet system and eventually became a battlefield when the Soviets moved in in World War II while the Nazis were also moving in in World War II and the people who lived primarily in rural areas were being butchered by both sides horrible, horrible events occurred there which have been glossed over as we tend to do in this wonderful world of ours where we deny the nasty stuff and it eventually gets swept under the carpet of time we are so far removed in the so called civilized countries from the horrors of war that they're now not even real to most people. People today can't tell the difference between fiction and reality. We've seen so many people blown up in movies, in very realistic movies, that we can't tell the difference anymore. It means nothing. And that's why horror can be repeated. It's easier to do it on an unsuspecting civilized public who go into a complete state of shock when it breaks out the Ukraine had vast farmlands with small peasant owners owners who had lived there for generation upon generation built their own houses, very self-sufficient and independent people rich culture but to the Darwinists and anthropologists that made up the Nazi and Soviet systems these people were classed really as a stagnant population they were not progressive and if you're not progressive they come down with, uh, with a big stick on you to teach you a lesson or eliminate you that's part of the Darwin theory those who can't adapt into this new system that's supposed to naturally evolve have to be eliminated and can't go forward into the into the new an old Hindu philosophy really since that's what Darwinism is based on and all Freemasonry is too this article comes from themossnews.com from, I guess, Moscow created in May and created on the 27th of the 11th 2006 this is what it says Ukraine marks the 73rd anniversary of Soviet era famine that claimed 10 million lives When people ask me about monuments or social days towards holocausts, I've said over and over, I wish every country would put up memorials to government-created holocausts to their own peoples because they're all over the world. This is what it says, holding flickering candles and standing in perfect stillness, thousands of Ukrainians 
gathered in a fog-shrouded square to mourn ten million compatriots who died of starvation during a man-made Soviet-era famine 73 years ago, the Associated Press reports. During the height of the 1932-1933 famine, known here as Holodomor, or Death by Hunger, 25,000 people died every day, devastating entire villages. Cases of cannibalism were widespread as desperation deepened. Those who resisted were shot or sent off to Siberia. I do not ask, I demand that the Ukrainian parliament recognize Holodomor as genocide, President Viktor Yushchenko told the crowd gathered on Kiev's Mykhailovka Square on Saturday in a short address followed by a minute of silence and the tolling of bells. Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin provoked the famine in a campaign to force peasants to give up their private farms and join collectives. This, this collective stuff really gets to me, you know. We're all one. We all have to be one. Our new communitarianism, which has been propagated in the West, the same stuff. We're all a big community. And it's not a, it's not a recent thing, phenomena. This has been going on since the, the Soviet uh, system, this whole idea towards the collective the hive. Authorities collectively collectivized agriculture throughout the Soviet Union, but farmers in Ukraine, known as the breadbasket of the USSR, fiercely resisted and bore the brunt of the man-made disaster. Moscow has warned Kiev against using the term genocide, arguing that the issue should not be politicized and some Ukrainian lawmakers agreed, proposing that it be termed, oh, a tragedy instead. It was a tragedy. Yes. These are legalisms at work again to try and take the, the nastiness out of, the, the, of what actually happened. It was just a tragedy. That real people, real people just like you and I and mum and dad and granny and grandpa, were starved to death and killed and shot. Russia argues that the orchestrated famine did not specifically target Ukrainians and also affected others, including Russians and Kazakhs. But historians say that the overwhelming majority of victims were Ukrainians and the famine coincided with Stalin's effort to quash growing Ukrainian nationalism. I hope you'll realize how Sovietization and the Western capital system are one and the same thing, since their goal is exactly the same. To end nationalism was the, the cry of the Soviets by creating a world empire of collectivization, specialization, bureaucracies, and no independent uh, planning of your own life. It would all be planned for you by experts, and that just happened to be the same thing in the West. Yushchenko appealed to Russia to stand by our side and recognize the mass starvation as genocide. With this high example, demonstrate the human empathy that is inherent to the Russian people, he said. How can it be called anything but genocide, said Katerina Krivenko, 78, who recalled crying at the feet of Soviet officials as they ransacked her family's village home, carting off what little food her family had managed to hide under floorboards. Authorities took everything, and Krivenko's father and three brothers and sisters died. During the Soviet era, the mass starvation was a closely guarded state secret, but information trickled out over the years. Ten nations, including the United States, have recognized the famine as an act of genocide, defined as a deliberate and systematic destruction of a racial, political, or cultural group. Genocide is a crime under international law, but don't hold your breath, they won't take this any further. 
Ukraine's Parliament Speaker Alexander Moroz said Saturday that he supports recognising the mass starvation as genocide and said the President's bill would come before Parliament this week. Some lawmakers from the Prime Minister Viktor Yanukovych's Russia-leading party of regions they're a party of regions, hmm, suggested watering it down, but party member Taras Chornoville predicted the President's version would ultimately pass. Yanukovych joined Yushchenko on Saturday on Saturday's commemorations. Those who deny the Holodomor hate us, our spirit, our future. Yushchenko told the crowd that gathered on the square after a silent procession in which marchers carried aloft white banners representing every Ukrainian region. Black ribbons were hung from the banners. Black ribbons were also hung on Ukraine's blue and yellow national flag Saturday. The tragedy of such a scale that is hard to ever imagine, said Oksana Yatsuk, 18, as she held a flickering candle, one of 25,000 expected to be laid on two Kiev squares to honour the victims, and to think that one man created all this terror, this genocide. Under Stalin, each village was ordered to provide the state with a quota of grain, but the demands typically exceeded crop yields. It's kind of like taxation from government. It always seems to exceed what you can afford. As village after village failed to meet the requirements, they were put on a blacklist. The government seized all food and residents were prohibited from leaving, effectively condemning them to starvation. On behalf of Ukraine, I will insist that the victims of Holodomor be recognized as martyrs of one of the biggest catastrophes catastrophe in the history of mankind, Yushchenko said. Perhaps instead of having children recite a national prayer to obey a system over which they have no control, they could recite the following in school and and learn it by heart perhaps once upon a time in the land of Hushabai around about the wondrous days of yore I came across a sort of box bound up with chains and locked with locks and labeled kindly do not touch it's war decree was issued round about all with a flourish and a shout and a gaily colored mascot tripping lightly on before. Don't fiddle with this deadly box or break the chains or pick the locks. And please, don't ever play about with war. Well, the children understood. Children happened to be good. They were just as good around the time of yore. They didn't try to pick the locks or break into that deadly box. They never tried to play about with war. Mommies didn't either. Sisters, aunts, grannies, neither, because they were quiet and sweet and pretty in those wondrous days of yore. Well, very much the same as now. Not the ones to blame, somehow, for opening up that deadly box of war. But someone did. Someone battered in the lid and spilled the insides out across the floor. A sort of bouncy, bumpy ball made up of guns and flags and all the tears and horror and the death that goes with war. It bounced right out and went bashing all about and, and bumping into everything in store. And, and what was sad and most unfair is that it didn't really seem to care much who it bumped or why or what or for. It bumped the children mainly. And I'll tell you this quite plainly. It bumps them every day and more and more and leaves them dead and burned and dying, thousands of them sick and crying. Because when it bumps, it's really very sore. Now there's a way to stop the ball. It isn't difficult at all. All it takes is wisdom. I'm absolutely sure that we could get it back into the box and find the chains and lock the locks. No one seems to want to save the children anymore. Well, that's the way it all appears. Because it's been bouncing round for years and years. In spite of all the wisdom whiz since those wondrous days of yore. And the time they came across the box. 
bound up with chains and locked with locks and labeled, kindly do not touch. It's war. Now, while I'm on the Ukraine, I can tie this in with, from the same moznews.com, Ukrainian parliamentary blurb here, where they suggest jailing Freemasons. This is from the 7th to the 12th, 2004. You see, Freemasonry, under the guise of charity and just a good bunch of guys having a joke with each other, a little club, a little boys club, is a help-themselves organization which takes over any system into which is introduced with oaths of secrecy, blood oaths and death oaths and all the rest of it. And you'd have to ask yourself why charitable organizations must take death oaths for charity's sake. Hmm? Because it's nothing to do with charity. The big charity is in their own pockets and they help each other to get contracts, especially government contracts. They must swear to keep each other secret from the public and from everyone else, the profane, as they say. It's a system that runs the systems in every country. Once the Soviet Union came down, it was in the newspapers in the West, that Freemasons from America and Britain were sending brothers off to re-establish Masonic lodges in these particular Sovietized countries. So they get in right away and, and you wonder why the corruption's going on and and how these boys manage to keep all their little deals secret, these multi-million dollar deals they, they end up getting. Well, their brotherhood's alive and well, that's why. So this little blurb goes like this. Ukrainian MP Taras Chornovil has suggested that the country's parliament, the Supreme Rada, introduced criminal responsibility for Freemasonry, the MIG News website reported on Tuesday. Taras Chornovil is the son of late nationalist leader Vasheslav Chornovil and his appointment as an advisor to presidential candidate Viktor Yanukovych on West Ukraine affairs earlier this year provoked much criticism in national circles. I've got problems with my mic here. He will head Yanukovych's campaign headquarters in the repeat of the controversial second round of Ukrainian presidential elections. He has submitted to the Rada bill entitled On Amendments to the Criminal Code of Ukraine according to which membership of Freemason organizations or any other organizations that require ritual and oaths of higher priority than the current law must be punished by a jail sentence up to three years. The bill also reads that the members of Masonic organizations who are Ukrainian civil servants, law enforcers or military servicemen must be jailed for three to seven years. I doubt if they got this bill through. Ukraine's president, members of parliament, civil servants of ministerial rank, military servicemen and law enforcers of the rank of major general or higher, if discovered to be members of Freemason organizations, may face up to 10 years in prison. If the membership in a Masonic organization causes deaths, a threat to Ukraine's national integrity, or its defense potential, members of the organization must be imprisoned for 10 to 15 years, the bill reads. In February, the leader of Ukraine's Socialist Party, Alexander Moroz, said that about 300 of Ukraine's top officials were members of the St. Stanislaus Order Masonic Lodge. Later, other left-wing parties and also the pro-Western bloc headed by Yulia Timoshenko also called on the government to ban the Saint, the Saint Stanislaus Order in Ukraine. So you see these characters have their little clubs throughout all the countries, especially up in the 
the realms which you take for granted, your police, your military, civil service, bureaucracy, politicians. It's, it's wherever the, the public money feeds them, that's where they are. Uh, the public produce the honey for the hive, that's your tax money. That's where the biggest money happens to be, is in that big pot. And they all want to get in there and take the scoops of it out for themselves. So they put their boys in at the top to make sure that the, the honey trickles in the right direction. And it's run on a criminal basis, basically. Where they, they are an elitist group claiming to be enlightened. And it's, it's quite it's their duty, really, to use the profane. That's what the profane are there for, according to them. So other countries are having their problems with them. And they're sworn to secrecy. Well, how can they be sworn to secrecy to serve a brotherhood? first and foremost and help each other and lie on oath for each other if need be and serve your country too it's impossible you see That's, this is through the entire world this system from the top to the bottom and many people live their lives completely oblivious of it they don't know why they can't get the right jobs. They, they don't know why uh, they're passed over for promotions and so on. And it's because they don't have the right connections. That's why. Now here is another country that's got its big problems with Freemasonry. This is from the Observer Guardian company UK with a Northern Ireland story Saturday July the 27th 2003 from the Observer the police of service the police service of Northern Ireland is to become the first in the Western world to make officers register their membership of secret societies such as the Masons A register of interest will become mandatory for all policemen and women, up to and including Chief Constable Hugh Ord within the next three weeks. And the register, which will reveal how many officers hold membership of the Orange Order, will also be handed over to Northern Ireland's police ombudsman, Nuala Olon. She will have the right to defer refer during investigations into alleged bias, maltreatment of suspects or the mishandling of police inquiries to any officer's membership of secret societies. You will see that Northern Ireland, for instance, where the Orange Order uh, probably one of the most militant orders within Freemasonry, which gives allegiance to the Queen, the Crown. And, and I've, I know lots of them over in Scotland and Ireland. I've met them. And these guys are fanatics. They're trained from childhood to be fanatics and to hate Catholics, to utterly hate them. And yet, you know, this is one of the older orders of Freemasonry, which the British government used very effectively in the armed forces as far back as the 1700s. The first travelling lodges, as they call them, were in the British regiments. Uh, they swore complete allegiance to the crown, regardless of whatever they were told to do, they would do it. And even through the Americas, these guys, wherever these regiments went, they would often leave a lodge behind them in towns, the Orange Order, going back to King Billy, as they call him, King William of Orange. The Orange Free State, the color of orange is very important in the present world system. 
and the, certainly the Orange Free State is too. That's where the Hague happens to be. The Orange Order used to go through the towns in Ireland. I don't know if they still do. And the towns in Scotland as well with their Orange Day Parade. And you would see these characters with their, all their Masonic regalia and their banners and guys with swords drawn and clubs. And they would do these strange little jeering dances as they went down the roads down the street of their march supposedly to commemorate the, de- the defeating of the Irish a long time ago and the Catholics were made to watch this and feel as though they were second class or even lower citizens this was encouraged and held up and authorised by the British Crown who kept turmoil going they must keep turmoil going chaos to bring out the order and in Freemasonry you'll find all the orders of the rainbow with their colours all specialised in different parts and remember not just the primary colours but the colours in between even unknown to some of the Masons themselves specialised orders You'll find this in every country on the planet. A religion which encompasses all other religions. And yet it's seldom noticed by the people as they walk past these little lodges in their villages, towns and cities. And they think it's just some sort of charitable boys club where they played themselves and get away from their wives for a little while. It's much, much deeper. You don't take these kind of oaths as an adult and accept the penalties for disclosing the information or the secrets, as they call it. You don't take these kind of oaths lightly. These are taken with complete conviction because they're serious oaths. And they must lie to everyone pretty well to protect a brother. They also let Freemasons off with petty things, fines, parking offences, speeding offences. They get deals on their property assessments when they need loans from banks they get them very quickly generally the same day they're automatically approved and passed and verified and vouched for a system within a system and the Masonic policemen they will stop you and give you the hard time if you give them the right signs and passwords will let you go and the guy behind you who doesn't know the right signs and passwords have to pay up and pay up and pay up and take the consequences and we call this a fair just system there's nothing fair and just about it and even if you try to close them down they'll simply metamorph into another thing another area, a different name and carry on with more secrecy because the world is run by secrecy your secret services intelligence services are Freemasonic as well it's pretty well mandatory that you must be a Mason to be part of it because you've already learned how to keep your mouth shut and how to stand up in life for each other when need be that's quite the insurance policy for the secret service agents and people who could take the heat if they were ever found doing the nefarious things which they often do. It's an insurance policy. Same in, in the police. That when the police foul up, 
and someone's head is on the block, as they say, because he shot somebody by mistake or whatever, the rest of them will stand up for this guy. They'll all sit and write the same story in their books, stand up in court, and justify whatever ridiculous story they give to get their brother off the hook. There's nothing new in this at all. This kind of behaviour encourages worse behaviour each time they get away with it, because that's human nature. Not only the male lodges have to be watched carefully and scrutinised, so do the female ones, because the female ones tend to go off onto the school boards and other charity events, and they become directors and so on, and you wonder where all your policies locally are coming from, and how we're becoming globalised and following international standards, you got to check out every single person who you have allowed to get up over your head and make laws which affect you. You must demand to know what organisations they have sworn allegiance to. And some of them are very well camouflaged if you just read their names. Tremendously well camouflaged, not by chance. People say, how do you stop this? How do you divert it? How do you deflect this agenda? And I tell them, if you are going to play the game, and that's all it is, playing a game, of voting in pre-selected people, you better demand to know everything about that person that you're going to give your authority to who's going to pass laws which will affect you or your children. You have the right to know everything which they have subscribed to, joined, sworn allegiance to, and then you better do your homework and find out what kind of strange religion is this that runs your world, which you think is just a charitable institution the US is probably the most openly Freemasonic nation or even empire in the world it's throughout all of its symbols emblems, parades you'll see presidents giving speeches look at the flags behind them look at the uh, the objects placed around them, everything is Freemasonic, openly. You're seeing Freemasonic parades when you watch the military. You look at all the clubs, your business organizations, the banking organizations, the medical. Look at the, look at the symbols they use for the medical associations the chamber of commerce and so on and even the trade unions which used to do marches through the streets with their banners look at them very carefully because all of it and all of it is Freemasonic it's quite incredible that Populations can come and go, generations can come and go, and have no idea, even though it's all around them, that they've been guided and run and ruled by a religion. A religion that shows its symbols openly, and you become used to them. Taking it for granted, it must be somehow normal to have the same symbols repeated as logos, etc., all around you. There's the one big religion which runs all the religions, and yes, you have ministers who are members. Some the church organizations are worse than others. I think the Baptist Church in the States openly admitted they have, they have the most Freemasonic 
members who are ministers and that was okay with them but the other ones are the same too in fact in some of the Masonic books they take credit and tell you the names of the founders of the different sects of religions Protestant sects in the United States and they tell you what degree of Freemasonry they happen to be and the flocks, the sheep never know never think to ask what is all of these strange symbols why would their minister be a member of a a club that keeps its secrets to itself remember that when the Templars moved off from France with their fleet which was never found they didn't stop there they went across to Scotland to made their base on the west coast of Argyllshire and metamorphed into another society which was allowed some of the members were allowed to marry and mix with the people and who ran the banking system of the time while well, the Templars did they never stopped chameleons can come into any church and take over with the money backing them they could start all the big branches of, of banking business the medical system and knowing they'd have opposition as they plundered the public they created the trade unions and managed that side as well but of course most people would prefer to believe because generally they have members who belong to it low level members that it's just a charitable organisation even though their flag when the Templars used their sea flag you had the skull and bones of the pirates who plundered and sunk ships after they robbed them with all hands on board and all passengers too plundering, plundering and plundering and what was Albert Pike said in Morals and Dogma to gain power by all means and every means including the stock market manipulation that's what he meant and become the masters over the masters of the world and then those who understand the rest of his book will understand the agenda that he was talking about and where they would take society through science and so on worlds within worlds wheels within wheels all around you and most of the people are oblivious or think they know what it is because Uncle Joe's a member and he comes home drunk once in a while from the club that's a very good cover how can you have a society which declares on the one hand that it's open and demands your allegiance and your pay packet at times and on the other hand the same politicians, bureaucrats with their own little secret signs and handshakes and stances and quips and words and their winks to each other can plunder you you can't have both and expect any kind of just system this is from Manly P. Hall Manly P. Hall was a spokesperson for Freemasonry put out to mystify the young through the writings cause intrigue promote mysteries 
hint at solutions to attract the youth into these organisations. He was, he was a 33rd degree Freemason and probably much higher. But this is what he said about the craft of masonry. All true Masons know that their work is not secret, but they realize that it must remain unknown to all who do not live the true Masonic life. Yet if the so-called secrets of Freemasonry were shouted from the housetops, the fraternity would be absolutely safe. For certain spiritual qualities are necessary before the real Masonic secrets can be understood by the brethren themselves. Hence it is that the alleged exposures of Freemasonry, printed by the thousands and tens of thousands in 1730 down to the present hour, cannot injure the fraternity. They reveal merely the outward forms and ceremonies of Freemasonry. Only those who have been weighed in the balance and found to be true, upright and square have prepared themselves by their own growth to appreciate the inner meanings of their craft. To the rest of their brethren, within or without the lodge, their sacred rituals must remain, as Shakespeare might have said, words, words, words. So he is telling you right there uh, that even uh, the lower masons don't know what it's all about either. They think they do. As Mr. Pike said, they must believe that they think they know what all the symbolism and ritualism means but it's not necessary that they actually really do comprehend what it means they're taking oaths to things which they don't understand and an agenda which they don't understand in the hope really not to improve themselves personally but improve themselves financially and status wise within communities he uses the term sacred here, sacred rituals, because Freemasonry is a religion. You can tell by its history of revolutions and so on that it's a very powerful religion. It's led revolutions. It has a goal. Hall himself talks about Masons taking the oaths without comprehending the import of them. They're deadly serious. He also talks about evolution through the ages. He says a Mason cannot be ordained or elected by ballot. He is evolved through ages of self-purification and spiritual transmutation here is part of the belief structure through ages of purification reincarnation and spiritual transmutation the alteration of spirit itself He also talks about hidden masters, the same as theosophy, which is just an ordained branch of Freemasonry. There are many, many openly Freemasonic organizations using different names, and there are also a vast amount of other ones, probably more, with innocuous-sounding names, all working towards the same agenda, and they're encouraged to go on to all kinds of of societal boards like school boards, councils, that kind of thing, anything to do with social change and guidance, and definitely in education big time. And they're also encouraged to accept brethren from all other faiths, which is fine, except that out of all that comes a more elitist group who believe they've transcended all of that to join a high group, a, a group beyond religions that the supreme religion, you might say, they would say, it's a supreme religion. 
and they take it all on faith. They take it on faith from the top to the bottom, that those above them who have more secrets and who give them orders know what they're doing. So it's a faith-based religion. To obey orders instantly without allowing your own personal opinion or emotion to become involved. That's quite, that's quite the religion. Faith-based. The perfection of man to perfect that which was left imperfect is their goal, supposedly. And sure enough, like all self-help groups, you think, well, I guess it's just a, like, a, like a correspondence course from the Californian-based Rosicrucians, where you're told how to better yourself and how to watch your words and watch your thoughts and emotions and so on. But it's much, much bigger than all of that. Because as you go up the, the, the reading process, understanding process you realize there's an, an incredible elitism involved at the top which believes in eugenics they believe in superior types of humanity and they also believe that we have evolved as far as we can go in this present state Therefore, all of those at the top of the tree, the Darwinian tree, you might say, deserve to be there, the creme de la creme, in all peoples. And they themselves constitute a new race altogether. That's what they believe. They don't think that anything else can be, can come up from the, the vast pool of the profane down below. The gene war is over as far as they're concerned at the top. And it's tremendously interesting, underneath all of the allegories, uh, which is really allegory piled upon allegory, they talk about perfecting man with the little occasional hints at what they mean by perfection. Everyone's been taught in the West, that is, since it was decided to give a particular version of religion to the western busy bees that at first a deity created the perfect likeness of himself into Adam and if you read the original wording it does mean the perfect sameness, sameness, absolute sameness. And the hint is that the fall of Adam was loneliness. Therefore, that which was also in Adam, which was female, was removed and made separate, which also meant the deity itself was both male and female. How would you perfect that which was left imperfect unless you put the male and female back together? And who are these hidden masters they talk about that guide the higher worthy brethren? the same ones that Theosophy talks about. Why would a society which uses the garb of helping society through charity, etc., and makes a big thing of their charitable contributions to society, why would it have to take blood curling oaths for charity if that's all they were about of course they wouldn't need to 
It's just that if society ever realized the ultimate intention of this worldwide religion, which was, is within every religion, they guide every religion. If they knew the ultimate intent, if they knew the ultimate doctrine, they might not see it in the same way at all as a bunch of good old boys getting together and wearing fancy clothes and prancing round an altar. And why can they themselves, in all positions of authority, forgive fellow masons on certain things and yet slap the profane with penalties? Where is the equality in that? Isn't that a tremendous class distinction? We're looking at elitist organizations. Their training manuals are big into selecting the right mate or having them selected for you and the correct rearing of the young who will then themselves enter the craft. You're looking at eugenics. You're looking at the judgment upon the commoners who don't have their mates picked for them. And you're looking at the basis of a system which cannot help because of secrecy and obligations to each other but be corrupt a mason must lie to defend a fellow mason on oath and you can find these lodges around the planet in small towns and villages and within cities you'll see the architecture and parliament buildings of this religion their architecture is everywhere their logos, their symbols are everywhere they use a language of symbolism to evoke in those who understand a very understandable language the universal religion and masons are allowed and encouraged to enter into active participation in the religions of their choice or those in which they were born and brought up. Knowing at all times that's all part of the great work. To guide society on a faith-based mission, believing that the superiors know what they're doing and that it must be for good reason. You can have no justice in a system where courts, lawyers, judges and all the regalia of the courtroom is nothing more than a a Freemasonic temple. There can be no possible justice there. What is justice? Is justice simply a battle between lawyers using their own terminology and wit to outdo the other? Or does it have to do with right and wrong? And it's nothing to do with right and wrong. Freemasonry in its present form in the West came through different organizations including Knights Templars 
the hospitalers came through different sects of monks and what they all had in common are uniforms uniform, one form, one shape part of their religion is the oneness of everything however the oneness of everything does not include necessarily the capstone that's for the elect so for the masses it may be oneness for you kind of like one size fits all I'd like to go into a talk to do with perceptions on my next blurb to show you how sciences and conditioning have allowed us to, to live in a science fiction reality a greater science fiction reality than any novel has ever written and show you the absurdity and criminality and the genius behind controlling our minds for such a long time so that we see things in a completely different way from that in which they are through massive conditioning indoctrination from birth and that's all for me tonight so from Hamish and me it's a nice good snowy night and may your god or gods go with you
should remember